Hi guys, welcome to this week's Unsolved Australia mini-sode. I'm Harry from the True Crime Sisters podcast and thank you for joining me as we have a look at a case that has not yet been solved. Today's case has remained unsolved for 43 years since it happened back on August 25th, 1973. It is a case that has been compared to the case of the missing Beaumont children and at times was thought to have been potentially committed by the same perpetrator. This is another one of those cases that really hits home the struggle we parents face between allowing our children the freedom of independence and keeping them close to us at all times. Many of us have allowed our kids to run to public restrooms without supervision, trusting that the world is a safe enough place for our children to branch out from us for the briefest of moments. But this case will definitely make you think twice about doing that. Unfortunately, predators existed in the world back in the 70s and they still do today. On the 25th of August 1973, two girls were attending a football game at the Adelaide Oval. 11-year-old Joanne Ratcliffe was at the football match with her parents and four-year-old Kirsty Gordon was there with her grandmother while her parents were away for the weekend. According to reports, both the Ratcliffes and the Gordon families had season tickets to the football and would often sit together at the games. The two families were seated in the Sir Edwin Smith stand. Joanne Ratcliffe was reportedly very good with the younger Kirsty and even offered to take her to the toilet when she needed to go. The toilet was located around 300 metres away and was situated on the other side of the football oval from where the families were seated. Later in the match, Kirsty needed to go to the toilet again and again Joanne offered to take her. After around 20 minutes had passed, the families became worried and went to the stadium secretary to report the girls missing. Although Mrs Ratcliffe requested that an announcement be made at the time, this request was reportedly denied. Mrs Ratcliffe was told that she should return to her seat and contact the police if the girls didn't show up. She got the impression that the stadium officials did not want to interrupt the game by making an announcement about the missing girls. This may have cost precious time that people could have been searching for them. The Ratcliffe family and Kirsty Gordon's grandmother continued to search for the missing girls everywhere in the stadium and the surrounds that they could think to look. Finally, after the match, the secretary of the stadium made an announcement that the two girls were missing. They were also reported missing to the police. An immediate search of the area was conducted. There were multiple witnesses who came forward thinking that they may have seen the girls in the lead-up to the disappearance. A 13-year-old boy who had been selling lollies had seen two girls matching the description of Kirsty and Joanne walking down the stairs. He also saw a man watching them and then go running after them towards the gate. He said that the man had caught up to the girls and lifted the younger of the two up, carrying her under his arm to the gate. He said the older girl looked frightened and began grabbing at the man as if trying to get the younger girl down. He said the man then grabbed the older girl too and went off in the direction of the tennis courts. At the time, he thought the man must have been the girl's father or someone they knew. Another man, who was the assistant curator of the Oval, saw two girls matching the description of Joanne and Kirsty looking under a car trying to lure out some kittens. Apparently, there were a lot of stray cats around the area at the time. He reported that he heard a man's voice say, I'll try and get him out for you. He then saw the man walking towards the gate with the two girls following him. He reported that not long after this, 
Joanne's father also came past, looking for the two girls. He told him they're not here, but had not realised the significance of what he had just seen. Another four sightings of the two girls with the man were reported to have been seen within 90 minutes of the abduction, three of which the older girl appeared distressed. But unfortunately, nobody intervened. One family was leaving the nearby Adelaide Zoo and saw an older gentleman carrying a younger girl under his arm. Following them was an older girl, thought to be Joanne, who was doing her best to attack the man and saying, we want to go back. I think the people who saw this must have thought that it was a family dispute, but it's a shame that nobody stepped in and did something to help. And then the girls were gone. The Gordon parents were out for dinner when they got the call from Kirsty's frantic grandmother, letting them know that their little girl was missing. They immediately made their way to the Adelaide Oval to try and figure out what had happened to their little girl. Investigations at the time were not able to identify the person responsible for the disappearance of the two girls. With all the sightings and the fact that the families were adamant the girls would not go off on their own, it was quickly established that child abduction was the likely outcome of the case. You can only imagine how it must have felt for both families to hear that the girls had come into contact with an opportunistic child predator. It truly is the stuff of nightmares. There was a coronial inquest into the disappearance of the two girls in 1979 and the summary statement was as follows. Neither girl has been seen or heard of since the afternoon of the 25th of August 1973, despite extensive inquiries and investigation. This fact coupled with the evidence of the witnesses, indicates in my view that it is extremely probable that both girls were taken either by force or under duress from the Adelaide Oval by some man whose identity at present has not been established. The perpetrator of this vicious act of abduction has of course not been apprehended, but as already stated, investigations are continuing. I earnestly trust that he will be apprehended in due course and made to answer for the heinous crime. In 1998, an inquest was heard that looked at potential links between the Adelaide Oval abductions and the suspected abductions of the Beaumont children, Jane, Anna and Grant Beaumont in 1966. Identikits put together of both cases were strikingly similar. The man who had taken the two girls from the Adelaide Oval was described as a man in his 40s with a gaunt face, wearing a country-type hat. The man who was seen with the Beaumont children seven years earlier was said to be in his 30s with a thin face. So those two descriptions match up if you account for the fact that he's aged. A name came up again and again in the case of Joanne Ratcliffe and Kirsty Gordon, and that name was Arthur Stanley Brown. Arthur Brown's own family believed that he was potentially a serial killer who moved from state to state preying on young children. Arthur Stanley Brown was a carpenter who was tried in 1998 for the murders of two Townsville schoolgirls, Judith and Susan McKay. Judith and Susan were seven and five when they were abducted from a school bus stop only 200 metres from their home in 1970. Unfortunately, Brown wasn't convicted, but his family are convinced that he is responsible for those murders and many others, including Joanne and Kirsty's. His daughter believes he was in Adelaide when the two girls went missing, and if you look at the identikit, he looks very similar. I'll pop comparison pictures up on Instagram so you can check that out. Brown died in 2002 and was legally an innocent man, but his family continues to speak out about his potential involvement in multiple cases. 
Joanne and Kirsty's case has been included in South Australia's bid to solve some of the most high-profile child murders in the state, alongside the Beaumont children and Rihanna Barrow, whose case we covered in our first minisode. As a result of this, they're offering a $1 million reward for the right person with the right information to come forward with any information that may help them solve and bring justice for the families of Joanne Ratcliffe and Kirsty Gordon. The girls' families maintain hope that one day they will be able to give their beloved girls a proper farewell. As I always say on this show, you never know what the missing piece of the puzzle is that police need to solve this case. Do you have any information that may assist in closing this cold case and bringing some justice to the families of these two beautiful little girls? If you have any information that may assist police with the case of Joanne Ratcliffe and Kirsty Gordon, please call Crime Stoppers on 1800 000. That's 1-800-333-000. Thank you for joining me today on Unsolved Australia Minisodes. Make sure you join us later in the week for episode 11 of the True Crime Sisters podcast. Don't forget to catch up with us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. All the links can be found in our description below. Until the next episode, stay safe and thank you for listening.